0: Hey everybody, welcome to today's podcast. I'm your hostess, Nicole De Vincentis, aka FrigidChick911. It's awesome to be here. Thank you for being here today. And hey, what if we started to up our game a little bit on these podcasts? And we started actually moving our mindset. So if you're new to this podcast, first of all, welcome to you. The goal of these podcasts are actually to shorten the window of time between what we call idea inception, when you get an idea, and execution, when you actually take action on it. So the goal is idea, I'm already in action, like seamless. It's not a, let me get this idea, let me kind of sort of think about it and then make a how-to plan and... Hopefully I'll have all the resources and then maybe five years from now we can start working on this thing. That's not how we roll around here. This is idea, basically decision, commitment, and I'm already in action. Like it's a seamless transference and it happens in like a nanosecond. That's the goal. And that's honestly what separates individuals from individuals who get what they want and who are very high achievers and are out there producing and and you know getting all, all things whether this is material things this is attainment of a position or doing the stuff that they love and that's what separates them from everybody else it's that willingness it's not just you know this is all about me let me be super selfish what this is is clarity of goals and that understanding about you are always in the driver's seat, that you cannot wait for somebody to fuel your goals. You cannot wait for somebody to come and support you. You know, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) And even it's you despite your circumstances. So with these podcasts, you know, up to this period of time, a little bit about me. I I, I am an educator um, by history, but also by nature. And I wanted to leave a breadcrumb trail leading up to this point of the podcast so that everybody who comes here, you're going to have a place to fit in and catch up to speed if you're not already at what we call this particular level. Okay, so leading up to this point, I wanted you to get firm understanding that who I am as a coach and I've I think that I've even just begun like when it comes to like with ideas and the things that I, I want to do and the things that I want to develop for for people moving forward and for communities and, and for companies like uh, <laughs> you realize the more you learn the less you know And so I've, it's not that I've arrived, but what I do want to make certain is that when you come into a high level coaching environment, that you understand from the get go that every single person who's ever achieved anything in their life has started from the beginning, has started from nothing. And even if, not the case with me, even if you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth, oftentimes you have higher levels of expectation to produce beyond what you've been given and also to maintain what has been given to you. So yes, maybe sometimes people seem like they start out at a higher vantage point, but there's a lot more pressure on them because they're carrying additional load with them from the get-go. So what I'm telling you is that whatever brought you here today, thank you for being here. And for our loyal listeners, it's awesome to have you guys here too. You've you've traveled with us you know, through some of these earlier podcasts so that you can get to know me as a coach, as a person, some of my core values, some of, you know, the struggles where I've come from, whether it was, you know, financially or some of like the mental circles and and tail chasing that goes on when you're looking at starting anew or when you are starting anew and, and things are kind of not kind of, they in, there's a lot of chaos going on. Like, how do you command your steps through that? And that's through times of chaos. You eventually have to get to a point, and this is going to be what our podcast is about today, where you have to make that ultimate decision. Okay, there's all these things which are happening around me. Sometimes it's as though when chaos is around you, whether this is something that you voluntarily caused, either by, you know, reckless behavior or you are making course correction. And there's always consequences. There's always fallout because you're always dealing with people and people are emotional beings. And so sometimes, you know, you're walking through, I view it as like a jungle and like, you know, the wind is blowing and the wine, the vines are whacking you in the face and you got... I don't know, alligators near your feet, and there's bugs biting you, and there's like this it's this horrible experience sometimes. And you all you can do is literally stand there, stand there and weather (laughs) this storm. And hopefully, you're praying to God during those times because He's the one that's gonna, you know, empower you and, and guide you through those rough times. But then eventually, You come to a point where despite all this stuff, like you kind of get used to it, it becomes normal for you. And despite that, you're still able to move forward. And that requires a lot of you. That requires a great deal of mental tenacity. And it requires a great deal of heart that really at the end of the day, what fuels you moving forward is actually love. Probably weren't expecting that. (laughs) But somebody had mentioned to me, this is what got me thinking about this. I was on Instagram yesterday. I made a post about something. I think it was a leadership concept. And somebody from like a a millionaire mindset sort of a a company left a, a comment. And their question was, what motivates you to succeed? And at first, I was just like, I can't help it. <laughs> like there's really no one thing. Like I said, I I I can't help it. It's in my DNA. And I I, I thought about it, you know, at spot times during the rest of the day and when I was, you know, driving home last night, I was thinking out loud and uh it just hit me like you know what? It it really it really comes from a place of love. Like, I, there's no separation. They're like, it is part of my DNA. And I believe that when you are given gifts, talents, dreams, I do believe, I believe that they're from God. And I also believe that he wouldn't give you those things if you weren't going to be equipped in order to be able to have them or achieve them. It's sometimes you're... You're having to, you have to be the worker bee though. Like he's not going to just drop it into your lap. You've got to get ready for it. You've got to get ready for that opportunity. You've got to get ready for that relationship. You've got to get ready for the responsibility. And that takes a lot of different forms. Sometimes that's knowledge. Sometimes that's skill set. Sometimes that's maturity level. Sometimes it's changing peer groups or social circles. Like there's a lot of things. And then when you're ready, Poof, (laughs) like you always want to be ready before that opportunity or before the thing. And you're working and you're working and you're working and you're working and you're leveraging your gifts. Like oftentimes your gifts will accelerate and will feed right into what are your dreams and your hopes and, and your passions, right? So it becomes seamless. But you have to know that when you're working on the stuff, even if it is a God-given dream, a God-given vision, you're going to have challenges. Challenges if what you're doing violates, let's say, family tradition. We could put this in like health and fitness. If you're changing your lifestyle from maybe your family is grossly unhealthy and you've decided to be the one you're doing something about this and you're changing how you eat, which changes how you eat at family functions. It changes maybe food that you bring or cook for family functions. Like there's a lot that goes into it. There's going to be some conflict there, especially if it's rooted deep in family tradition. Speaking from personal experience. But at the end of the day, what fuels you in order to be able to stand strong amidst conflict and amidst criticism and amidst whatever happens as a result of that, you know, backhanded compliments and and people make assumptions about you. And this is just that's just like people. When people are confused, when people see something different, this is actually the value of education An educated mind and not somebody who reads just, you know, information, knowledge and education are two different things. Education, it helps you develop your thinking skills and your willingness and ability to consider other viewpoints. So it it, it it enriches the level of conversation and discussion that you're able to have then. That's why I value education so much, not just from the point of knowledge acquisition, but what it does to the level of your maturity and how you show up in different conversations. Okay, Mm -hmm. and it actually makes you, I think, more of a humble individual because you're able to to consider not bend over and always accept other viewpoints, but consider other viewpoints. And that's why I like that. But what I'm saying is that when you're challenging, let's say, health and fitness or your family traditions here, what's going to fuel you to stand strong and not cave? It has to be fueled by love. That's where it comes in. That's where it gets super awesome. Like you hear me when I'm coaching and I'm training highly, you know, pressing the buttons about champion mindsets and having a very, very firm and not obstinate mind that's refusing to change, but very strong willed and very firmly impressed on what the goal is. But the fuel, the juice behind it is love. And not ooey-gooey feelings of love. Not, okay, I'm just going to accept everybody just as how they are and they can do whatever. If it means that what they're doing is outwardly wrong, right? It it violates like ethics or morals or the law, (laughs) okay? Or if it lends them to self-destruct, like self-destruction, You know, the other aspect of love is, and this comes from the Bible, this is why I love that book so much because for me, I, I, for a long period of time, swung really hard one side that love is, you know, unconditional and I accept you for who you are, but I wasn't sure how do you navigate, like, if you're, if you see somebody who's older than you and what they're doing is self-destructive or outwardly wrong. Like where's that line of, am I supposed to say something to this person? I know I'm supposed to respect my elders. Like where, where does this fit? And I got that strength of teaching coming straight from the Bible because as I started to grow and acquire more responsibility myself as a person, I needed to have something outside of the culture to show me what What is, where's the barometer set here? Because things can be manipulated in any different way, kind of like when you read laws, like you can interpret it, you know, however you want to, but the Bible is actually very much black and white. And I appreciate that because the people who I generally attract into my enterprise or my seminars or whomever have some sort of a faith backing and it helps all of us To have, like, the manual. (laughs) You know, know, like, when you get into trouble, you're always supposed to default to a higher authority. Well, that's where we go back. And so not by any means am I perfect. And I, no way do I even, have I even begun to crack the the code uh, and the beauty and the teaching and all of everything that goes into the Bible. Like, I don't think any person possibly could. Like, when you start learning that stuff, oh my gosh, it's just it transforms your life, but whew, it, it, it fuels you and it makes everything so much more beautiful because you have that lens of clarity that here's here's the line and then it, it comes back to you on how do you communicate so that you don't come across also as like some Bible banging freak who doesn't tolerate anything like, and that's part of humanity. So what I'm saying is that when you're navigating your change, You're going to have, there's always going to be storms and you're going to have to weather storms and it's who you decide to be in the storms, who you decide to be despite your circumstances. And that's going to be the combination of champion mindset that the storm is here right now, but the expectation is that we're moving through the storm. We're not just going to sit around kind of passively and just wait for this whole thing to dissipate. There's times when you pause and you do have to let either tensions kind of die down just a little bit or whatever where you're at right there. But it doesn't mean you stop making progress in a different area or work on a different leg of this project or this initiative, whether this is, you know, with a group of people or your own personal professional development. Like you're always growing and you're always developing, And that's why I say from the get-go, whatever it is that you're doing, you are 100% in the driver's seat. Even when God has a strong hand on your life, as I know he does mine, I'm not telling God what to do. Every single day, this is how I roll. (laughs) This is kind of funny, like the analogy in my head. Um, I have a girlfriend who we go back and forth, she's like the best woman ever. She talks about being on the bus with God, like God's driving the bus and she's just on the bus and she's waiting, you know, to get off the bus. She thought she was going to get off at this one stop and God didn't stop at that bus stop and she keeps on going, she keeps on going. And I'm over here, I'm like, I don't want to be on the bus. And she laughs and she's like, but you're on the bus. I'm like, no, no, I I got off the bus. I'm on the Bugatti now. (laughs) And she (laughs) laughs. And I picture, I picture, like, God, I think he know, he knows his kids, like, so well, and he knows that I like to drive, and so he lets me, and so I, you know, get into the Bugatti, and God is sitting in, in, the, in the passenger seat, not because he's less important, I'm driving him, you know, like, and so I picture, like, we're in this Bugatti, and, like, you know, he looks over it, but he's telling me where to go, like, he's, like, the co-pilot. Maybe I should switch to an aircraft. I don't know. But for some reason, like in my mind, it's the Bugatti. And so we always say like, Carrie, we're coming to get you in the Bugatti. And she's like, but I don't, you know, that's so fast. I'm like, okay, God told me that we would come and we would pick you up in an Alfa Romeo. So I had to change the vehicle just a little bit. But I'm telling you, when you understand, like, God gives you your gifts and he wires everybody completely differently. And, and Carrie, I just love, oh, I love that girl so much. And she's just like, she looks at me and she goes, you're just wired completely differently. And I said, I know. <laughs> and I think also, you know, that's part of my environment where I grew up. But that's also honest, honest to God, like literally how I've been made. And maybe that's not you. Maybe you are not what I call a swooper. What's a swooper? <laughs> okay, I'm I'm training you on on the mindset of somebody who is, as I've been called, a woman of action. Okay, I don't know. I think this is both nature and nurture. To be quite honestly with you, I, I come from a family of hustlers. Like everybody's an entrepreneur. Like, been working my whole entire life. And I do believe, I'm going to tie this into love right here and show you how swooper mentality like ties into love. I believe that love, it's defined in the Bible. All right, first of all, let's do a quick definition here. It's patient. It's kind. I think all of us have heard this, right? Like if you've ever been at a wedding, this is one of like the most popular verses, which is read. And you go on like it always hopes, it always trusts, it always perseveres. Love never fails. Right, so it clearly outlines what love is and it clearly outlines what love is not. Like, it's not boastful, it's not prideful, it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Like, that's what categorizes love. Okay, I also believe that love is a verb. And when, it, especially when it comes to relationships or your position as a leader in an organization or the head of your family, that you have to be on the lookout for the best interest of the other person. And this gets a little bit sketchy sometime because I know there's a lot of givers in the world. And one helpful teaching point is when you're on the lookout for the best interest of the other person, you have to have that strong backing behind you so that you also don't become a doormat and permissive of what is essentially really bad behavior. Everybody has volatility in their life, everybody has problems in their life, you know, we're all subject to humanity and and physiology if you would. And As you grow and as you mature, you learn how to command your emotionality amidst, you know, volatility in your life. But it's not just how much can you give, it's how much can you give without destroying yourself? That's an important teaching point that I learned from the great Jim Rohn and that was that helped change my life as a woman and for myself coming from a nursing industry where the culture literally is you work and you give and people suck the life out of you every single day you don't eat you don't drink you don't pee you run around like a maniac for 12 14, 16 hours at a time, you get verbally berated, you're treated like shit by administration. I mean, it, it is nonstop and that's the culture of it. And it's actually, it's embodied and to a large extent, it's glorified. And you know, if you go on like Instagram, you're gonna see memes about it just, and there's a lot of truth there, like this is how it is. But I believe that in that particular industry, And I I was a nurse. I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for over 20 years. I think that's where a lot of the breakdown has happened is that nursing is is a female-dominated industry. Even though there's a large influx of men in there, it's still female-dominated. And everybody in there is a giver, (laughs) the people who are in there for the right reasons anyway. Like if nursing is a calling. And I think the same goes with things like teaching. Right. When you're in those service industries where you're up close and personal with the people and you were guided by your heart to be there, that there has to be some beacon of truth as to what's acceptable, what's not and how you communicate that outwards. Right. So that it's always you're always going and you're always growing through it and you're learning life lessons and you're learning about people and you're learning about, you know, different cultural norms uh, from, you know, different people from different walks of life. Like it's truly fascinating. But at the end of the day, you're still in charge of the direction where you are steering yourself, your family, your team, your organization. And that's champion mindset fueled by love. It's actually like the heart of a warrior, right? Like the warrior is like a pretty, like warrior is a badass. <clears throat> Think of like Rambo, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like super, super relentless and like tenacious mindset, but it's that willingness and that tenacity, it, it's, it's combined, it's heart and mind together. And that's what makes you indomitable. And I want to bring some clarity to a word, which is domination. And domination gets a very bad rap because it's often used around people who use their power for bad. But domination merely means winning by a landslide. And around me, the goal is to become the best. I had a hard time for a long time in environments where people just wanted to do the bare minimum. I could never that violated my my DNA right there like I couldn't understand that mentality and no matter how I tried to to make things you know adjust then that those people or that person would drop the standard even lower like the the reaction was always to drop 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 and that that's not who I am as a woman that's not who I am as a person because I believe that when you're working for, if this is community service, this is, uh, I don't know, an athletic team, this is, however this translates, your family. You wanna have in your mind, what is the best case scenario for us? Because as you go along, there's gonna be stuff which is gonna come and interfere (laughs) <laughs> with your with your trail, with your path. And it's going to cause you to not be able to always fly as high as you want to. And when you, you get knocked down, if you're shooting high all the time or you're flying high all the time and something happens, you get like a crosswind and, and you drop down a little bit, you're still going to be flying higher. Whereas if your goal is to do the bare minimum just to get by, When life comes along and it, you know, takes you out by the knees and you fall, now you're falling onto the ground and it's, it's a bigger mess. So when you coach with me, know that the expectation, it's not perfection, it's aiming high, it's having high goals, a very, very giant grand vision, it's high level habits, It's high level standards, not to become an untouchable, but to assist you with that mental transference of what it's going to require for you to attain the goal. Okay, and the goal is not just survival. When you set survival goals, think about it this way, if your goal is to just survive, and let's say... Let's put this in terms of numbers so this makes sense. Let's say your goal is to survive. You want to earn $40,000 a year. Okay? Bare minimum survival. That's your goal and it stays that way. All right? What happens when cost of living goes up? Eventually, you're going to be upside down because your target goal of $43,000 a year is not going to be able to finance what the cost of living is driving up towards. Does that make sense? So housing is going to go up. Food is going to go up. We know gas prices go up. And if you don't have a car, then you're Ubering. And then the prices of that are going to be good. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, you're going to be passed. So you always have to have higher projections for yourself in anything, whether this is health and fitness, this is your finance. This is where you want to take your family in the future. Not just like destinations. I mean, like the trajectory, the pathway of your family, what's your mission? How are you going to be contributing back towards the community? And I think where we've gotten lost is the fact that a lot of people are just operating in this tiny little bubble of it's only us. But our purpose on the planet is to leverage our gifts and give back. But you have to be willing to place yourself and accept the fact that it comes back to you as the leader to Determine the path where you're taking everybody and put down, I guess you could call it rules and regulations or standards, codes of conduct, if you will, and you're shaping the culture of that because you're training the people who are coming up behind you all the time and they're always watching you. So you are in the driver's seat. God is probably in your co-pilot seat. If you like that analogy, you can be on whatever vehicle you want. If you want to travel fast, you know, jump on the Bugatti. You know what I'm saying? If you want to take a little bit slow and kind of wait for an opportunity, you can go on the bus. You can go on a boat. You can go on an inner tube. Like whatever makes sense for you. But you have to know where it is that you're going and you have to be able to triage your position. You've got to be able to look in the rear view mirror and also not while you're driving for long periods of time. You want to be forward focused. You want to have panoramic views so you can see out the side windows. You want to see out the giant windshield in front of you and occasionally. All right. Look in your rear view mirror to remember, like, how far have I come? Where was I six months ago? Where was I 12 months ago? Where was I 5, 10, 15 years ago? Look at how far I've come. Not so that you can bask in the glory of things gone by, but there's going to be times when you hit pitfalls or rocky roads or storms or whatever, and you're going to get your confidence knocked out of you. And you're going to doubt yourself. And when it rains, sometimes it pours. And you're going to need to be able to look back retrospectively and remember who the F you are. Because then you remember your strengths. And then you remember, you know what, this is who I am. All this stuff may have happened. I was with all this group of people, whether it was I kept myself there or that was part of my training ground. And now I have higher skill sets. If I was able to thrive, not just survive in that environment, but actually rise to the top and thrive in it and still leave an imprint and still leave the place better than when I got there. And now that I'm gone, They note my absence, not from an egocentric standpoint, but because that's who you are and that's the mission that God gave you. Now, when you're over here starting new, you're navigating change, you're brought into a place as a change agent. Change is inevitable. It's whether or not you choose to be part of it and progress, courtesy to Tony Robbins for that one. Right. And that's how you have to decide, like, I'm 100 percent in the driver's seat. I know who I am. I know my past struggles. I know where I've succeeded in the past. All that's coming with me, not as piles of bricks that I'm carrying, which are going to cut me and damage me. No, what they are is they're frickin like war scars and they're probably trophies in there, too. It's on you. Okay, you bring it and you go next level. We're taking a turn. We're going over here and now we're on this pathway. Does that make sense? The the windshield of the car is is giant so that you're always looking forward and you have your side view mirrors so that you can kind of move your head so that you can also see blind spots, which you learn how to do with time. You know that when you're driving a car, you can't just use your mirror unless you have like the, the, the kind that have like the, the twofold mirror on there. But when you do a side check, you have to actually move yourself because there's a blind spot even when you're using your mirrors. You learn that with wisdom. You learn that with life experience rather. And it's the same thing with your life. You want to have people around you who, when you think that the coast is clear, you have a co-pilot who is like, you know what? Here's your blind spot. This is where love comes in Love is not just letting you do whatever the heck you want to have that grouping of people like an inner circle of people Who are also going to call you out on your shit and you for them? That's that's what a true relationship will do This is what I see tell me about where your mind is. Cause this is how it's coming out. I am thinking like you're getting ready to like steer yourself into the side of a mountain over here. You know, can we, you know, wh- what's up? That's who you want. That's who's on your side. It's not just the people who are like, Oh, you're just like the best, whatever. It's the people who ask you the questions. And then again, that's why I love education. A confused mind on an uneducated person stops Okay. The confused mind, the person that you want to become is the one who will ask a question. Wait, what the hell is this? (laughs) Okay. What's what's going on here? All of a sudden you're changing. What's what's up? What did you see? What are you around? You're asking the questions, not from a point of, well, what are you doing now? And you're trying to bend people back the other way. You are actually in, you're doing due diligence change and growth is always the expectation. And when you put yourself in that role, in that position and embrace it, this is who I am. I'm a total grower. I'm a total builder. I'm a total action taker. What will happen is that the people who are not on board with that will fall away from you. And that can be heartbreaking sometimes. It can literally be heartbreaking sometimes because it oftentimes is the people that you've been around for long periods of time that you may expect would be able to support you or be your wing person to fly to higher heights with you. And that's not always the case. Now do be advised, you have responsibilities in relationships that you're also expected to infuse your relationships. You're expected to water the grass of your relationships. It's not that, oh, if this person doesn't do what I say or doesn't, you know, like this, this, and this, then we can't be friends anymore. We can't hang out anymore. Okay. We'll talk relationships on a separate podcast, but assuming or taking the position rather that you have viable relationships, people who share your value system, people who understand your growth profile, people who maybe balance out your strengths and your weaknesses, people who have your back, not people who are just around you trying to attach themselves so that you can pull them, you know, through life and they can just, you know, ride your coattails. You need to have people around you who will balance, you know, and grow with you. Do you see what I'm saying? Or at least clear expectations of that other person. This person may not be a grower like me. Maybe they're not swooper like me. Maybe they're not entrepreneurial. Maybe they're not as big, I don't know, of a black and white individual. Maybe they're more heart-led in some of their things. That's who they are. You can't expect the other people to always fully complete you though either. And this is where it gets, you know, interesting with the with the inner workings of a relationship. And this is why you've got to show up in the relationships. You've got to have dedicated time to contribute towards the relationship. If there is none, the relationship with people will completely dissipate. You know, having friends that you don't see for a period of time, and then when you get back together again, it's like no time has passed. Those are your friends. But the day-to-day relationships... Romantic relationships, especially. You have to show up there. You have to be the person who actually is qualified to have the type of partner that you want to that you want to have. You've got to show up. Which places higher demand on you, especially if you're a high achiever. (laughs) Especially if you've never seen what a normal, beautiful, working relationship is like. And it's hard today. You know, just if you look around, like how many people do you know who are divorced? How many people do you know who bitch about their their spouse or long-term, you know, relationship, you know, significant otro (laughs) or otra? That you have to have that that guidance of yourself to place yourself around the people who have healthy, beautiful relationships. And that also requires action on your part to go out and find where those people are. And that's why I bring in, I think, most of the podcast, the element of faith that, especially in today's world, it's so... I believe that people are more good than they are bad. I, I I believe that 100%. But I also believe in the power of media and social media and songs and film and books and magazines and even podcasts. Like this, is, you know, podcast, you know, to a large extent, it's largely influential. And when all you're hearing is the negative or The edification of bad behavior or you have no example on what a great and healthy relationship even is. How do you know and how do you grow by yourself as a person in the relationship but also as a partner in a relationship if all you're around is a bunch of people who don't have the thing that you want? Now, does growth happen sometimes despite those environments? Of course, but it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. You become your social orbit. We all know that. So what I'm saying is that you are in the driver's seat and you've got to be rigid about where you decide to drive that vehicle of your life you've got to have the right teaching, you've got to have the right backbone, you've got to have the right juice, the right love fueling it. But you have to be very discerning in what you allow and what you permit. And oftentimes when you go out there and you conquer or you know this this thing whatever it is, not that you're conquering a relationship, but but you get what I'm saying is the next step of it is what do you do to maintain that acquisition? I try to use some black and white terms so that you can understand the con- so we don't get flowery. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I like to have clear truths in our teaching so that when you go to apply it, you have some black and white. Point of reference to it. So I think, you know, we use a lot of analogies from the business world and bring it in here, but then, you know, you have to massage it so that it makes sense in the relationship space. But what I'm saying is that oftentimes when you're going out after a goal or after a person, if you are actively courting somebody, what usually happens is you put, you know, best face forward. And then all of a sudden, and maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you hire somebody. Maybe somebody comes into your enterprise. You hire them in there. They seem like they were the best thing, you know, since sliced bread. And they get in there, and then the mask falls off. And you're like, what the hell? Who are you? <laughs> and you're subject to the same thing. Perhaps when you conquer or, you know, con- your, not conquest, when you acquire a new relationship. Wrong word. Sorry about that. Um, What do you do to maintain that relationship so that it's not just low level and you're doing bare minimum just to get by? You're still aiming high and infusing the relationship at a very, very high level to keep it alive. Let me put it to you this way. Anytime there's breakdowns, here's another analogy for you. So yeah, I come from like a medical background. So when you're resuscitating somebody, Okay, so somebody's in cardiac arrest. It's not a passive thing that we do, it's very, very active. Okay, and so when you're dealing with something that is quote unquote dead, okay, you have your enterprise is not producing. Your relationship is not vital. It's not growing like the relationship is dead. And, and please be clear, like if you're dealing with stuff in the relationship that is outwardly wrong, abuse, we've got addictions happening here, which are corrupting the inner workings of the family. Like, please be sure that you get the help that you require. Make sure that you're safe. Okay, but I'm talking about things that they like fizzle over time, like the spark is not there. The connection is not there. It requires you to show up and make the spark, just like we resuscitate an individual. All right. You've all seen this on TV. What do we do? It's not 100% correct, but just like when you look at somebody, you know, resuscitations on any like medical, like an ER television show something like that. What do you see? You see people doing CPR. You see people putting in IVs. You see people giving drugs. You see people putting in breathing tubes or squeezing that big giant, you know, bag that delivers oxygen for them. You see like 10 people in there at minimum. Right? And they're doing all this stuff and they're sweating and they're working up a sweat because resuscitation is an active process and it requires way more work to resuscitate somebody than it does to, I think, keep people vital and healthy. Does that make sense? And the same thing goes with your life, but it comes down to you to be the person who makes that decision. Okay, I am here. I'm on the what's I'm on the outlook for what's on the best interest of the other person. Okay, that means I need to be showing up. So it's not I'm giving 50 percent. And this applies to your professional arena, too. This is not I'm giving 50 percent with the expectation that, you know, my team or whomever is going to fill in the other 50 percent. This is I'm here producing at a high level wherever I am right now. So you're in the moment, you're producing high level, you're giving all of your effort right there, right now, and then great, I go home. It's the same thing. Can it be exhausting? I'm sure that it is, but this is why you have to draw back and decide what's fueling you. When you fuel it with love, there is no exhaustion point. Think about anything or any person that you have ever loved or that you love. And this could be anything. This could be video gaming. This could be working out. This could be cooking. This could be painting. This could be traveling. This could be your significant other. This could whatever your dog, whatever this is, like, is there anything that you wouldn't do for that person? Or is there any time you wouldn't say, yeah, you know what, let's go pick up another game or let's Whatever. Why? Because you love it. And when you love it, like there is no exhaustion point. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's where you need to start driving your life and where you're leading the other people. And eventually it becomes part of who you are where now you don't have to sit there and think like, well, today I need to be leading with love and I need to be sure that I'm executing at high levels. You see what I'm saying? No. The goal of this podcast is idea, inception, and execution. It's going to become part of your DNA so that you don't have to, it's not like wearing cement shoes. You don't have to stop and think about this and then maybe if you know i do this then i'm going to get this other thing back no when you, if you give with the expectation of receiving that's business your goal in giving is not to receive something back it's it's outward giving and what's so weird to me is the fact that we have to have this conversation <laughs> I can't tell you like for how long I I couldn't figure out like what the hell was the matter with people. Like why why do I have to say we need to do this? Like here here's something that obviously needs to be done. Why do I have to tell you? It's not that you don't know. It's like there's this kink in between what our inner constitution is. So when we have leadership training, leadership training comes back to self-governance. Like leadership is the ability to influence other people. Like it's all about influence. But you have to be the one to influence yourself first because your people, the people that you're trying to lead, the people that you're trying to influence, they're always watching you. And when they watch you step out of alignment of integrity, they lose respect for you. I mean, this can become like ridiculous. So when you start thinking about like what it takes to be integral with your word and your action, it's literally a full-time job. And I don't know that anybody ever arrives because again, as soon as you realize like I'm up here, all of a sudden, like you have this ability and you see another spot in your life and you're like, oh my God, I totally suck over there. Like, and at the end of the day, you just sit there and you're like, holy shit, I'm a giant asshole. <laughs> And that's called having a repentant heart. So welcome to the club. (laughs) But I'll tell you, as your growth continues, your having passed, quote unquote, through the trials or mastered the trials that has led you up to this point empowers you to be able to turn around and then teach the people who are coming up behind you, whether that is in spoken or written word and more importantly, in action. Do you see what I'm saying? And you may not have to live in those lessons anymore. You've mastered them, but you still have to be that point for your people to be, even be able to come to when they have questions because they're they're in their growing phase trying to get up to the level that you've already surpassed. It's kind of like being on a flight of stairs, as you will. All right? And each, like, each step is, you know a lesson learned and a and skill mastered and, and you're turning around and people are following you up the staircase and over there. But then remember you're following other people up your staircase. So you've never gotten to the apex. Like all of a sudden you realize like there's this whole other thing that I, I didn't even know. This was in my blind spot. I didn't even know that I didn't know it. And now here I am in a new training ground. So it's, it's perpetual. And what I'm telling you is not to be exhausted on that point, but to energize you that when you realize like how awesome it is that you can grow despite your age even the body doesn't operate on a bureaucratic time clock like it doesn't stop growing or developing because you're getting older like as long as you're alive and you're breathing like guess what you can still grow you do not have to do what everybody else does which is set an age like oh my god I'm 40. Oh my God, life is over. Oh my God, I'm one foot, you know, in the grave, the other on the banana peel. Like, what the hell? No, like that right there should be like, whoop, 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 like neon sign. Like you're on the wrong path, man. Like you just, you got, I don't care. You got to step over here. You got to get around people who are shakers and hustlers. And that's going to fuel you to be able to give back in a very vital way and keep you alive mentally physically and spiritually do you know what I'm saying it, it becomes like a giant infinity sign if you would you know infinity sign is the number eight it's just it's turned on its side and that's like the energy of love like it's constantly giving and by turn what happens whatever you give is what you receive that's that's how it works so in order to have love in your life you have to give love you have to be loving In order to have it. You don't have love and then you decide to be loving. You have to be that person. You're in the driver's seat. You make that decision. If I want to have more money, I have to be wealthy and abundant in my thinking and in my actions. Right? And then I'm going to have wealth. Or if I want to have a high operating business, I have to be a high operating business owner and do the things that a high operating business owner would do. Same thing if you're a coach. Same thing if you're a parent. Same thing if you're a boss. Same thing whatever it is that you're doing. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like an infinity sign. You've got to give what it is that you want to receive knowing that not everybody is going to want what you have. Okay, so then you move over here to another group like it's always growing and it's always going, but you're in the driver's seat and you have the choice that when you move through a storm, you can either let that sucker take you down or you decide, you know what, we're not staying here. It's not if the situation gets better, it's when and what am I doing in the meantime to prepare myself, to strengthen myself, to move through this thing and come out the other end a champion. Do you see the difference in the mindset there between, well, let me just see if this kind of ever sort of like if this thing gets better. No, it's not if, it's when. That's the level of expectation that you have to have in all areas of your life. If you speak with me, and I've gotten called out by people uh, by this for a number of times, is they always say, Nick, you speak in the word we all the time we of your enterprise. Do you have employees? No, I don't. Then why are you saying the word we? You have nobody. It's just you. Why? Because the expectation is growth. I'm literally pulling my future towards me and I'm speaking into existence the reality that I am expecting to have. Whoa, that's a high level of intentionality. So it's not if the enterprise survives or becomes something. No, that's the expectation. It's the same way I operated in becoming a flight nurse. It wasn't if and when or if I ever became a flight nurse. Like, shit, I was pulling that thing towards me. It's when. What am I doing in the meantime? At that time, you didn't really apply for a job. You had to be invited in, so you were kind of, in one aspect, at the mercy of either a position opening or the invitation. But in my mind, there wasn't going to be a question if I was going to be invited. It was when I am making myself the very best practitioner, regardless of licensure, period, period. Not just a flight nurse, the best practitioner. I don't care if you're a doctor. I'm going to be better than you. I'm going to know what to do when you don't because that's the expectation of me as a member of that flight crew. So who are they going to choose? The choice will be inevitable. Who are we going to go to? And at the time I was invited into the flight program, it was times of volatility when there either wasn't a manager or there was massive staff breakdown and there was all kinds of stuff. Who did they want? Not just somebody who kind of knew to patient care or who even had solid patient care. They needed somebody who could operate and thrive in such a chaotic environment for two reasons. Number one, the level of occupational hazard in and around an aircraft is ginormous. But secondly, the level of patient care, which our agency provided, we saw the sickest of the sick. Like, the people that we pulled back, you wouldn't even believe how freaking sick those people were. We had to go get them. <laughs> we had to be able to operate in small, confined spaces. We had to be able to go have high-level conversations with Physicians or other people who were taking care of that person before we got there I wanted to be that person like I'm the one that you call I'm the help I'm the help that the help calls when the help needs help. That's who I am That's who I'm positioning myself to be. Who do we go to we go to Sennis. She's the one We have questions about the freaking nervous system. Who do we go to we go to Sennis. We have questions about nutrition, muscular development, corrective, you know, movement. Who do we go to? We go to Devencentes. We have questions on how to grow our agency or initiate change or restructure firefighter physicals. Who do we go to? We go to Devencentes. We have a case for action. We need this presented to our people. Who do we go to? We go to Devencentes. I wanted to be that person. So it's not if, it's not if, it's when. And that's when you have to be so freaking certain about what it is that you are setting out to do that it becomes a fucking obsession in your head. But then be able to, you know, have normal conversations with people so that you don't seem like a freaking weirdo. <laughs> right? Because you get so excited about the future it is that you're creating. So realize that no matter where you are, you are 100% in the driver's seat. You know, God's my co-pilot. Every day I check in with that man. What's my assignment for the day today? And he'll tell me. Call your mom. He will always like, that's how clear our relationship is. What's my goal for today? What's my assignment for the day? Your assignment today is to finish your nutritional starter pack for women. Okay. What's my assignment for today? Your assignment is to get your ass to the gym. Okay. What's my assignment for today? Your assignment for today is this your assignment. Like he will always answer me immediately. That's it's an awesome team. When you realize who is on your team from the get, like your potential and what it is that you're able to achieve and, and weather and stand and march through and come out the other end powerful and peaceful and motivated and inspired, you would not even believe. It's like major launch. It's awesome. But it comes back to you to deciding that I'm putting myself in that spot. I've got all these gifts, the expectation is for me to use them. The question is where am I gonna put them? Who wants what I have? You may just not be opening up your eyes wide enough. You may think like nobody around here wants what I have. Well, you know what, maybe they're tired of you. Maybe they don't wanna grow. Maybe they just don't appreciate what it is that you bring to the table. Maybe what it is that you wanna do is so big, you are exceeding their growth potential. They just think that you're downright crazy right now. Maybe that's the case. Go fish in a different pond. Expand, 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 rather than trying to chisel yourself and fit yourself into an environment that perhaps you're outgrowing. And if you're on this podcast, I would venture to say you're either at that transition point or you have recently bumped out of that transition point and now you're in this vast area and you're just like, WTF, I don't even know where to start. You have to start somewhere. You've got to decide at least on one thing that you're setting out to do and then you're committing to it and you're already in action it's seamless idea inception execution put yourself in the driver's seat stay prayed up okay (laughs) once you commit the how-to becomes clear so thank you for all of you for joining us on today's podcast I appreciate you all right go out there carpe your damn diem and I'll talk to you next time